right. Looks like we're live here at USC. Hello. How are you guys doing? Uh, we got a different look on our panel today. <laughs> <Atlas. laughs> uh, this is USCfootball.com live. We do it every week. A little bit later this week, do it, usually do it at noon. We're doing it at 1 o'clock today. Let us know if you could hear us okay. We have a little bit different setup. And like we said, we're at USC. USC had a mini pro day this morning. We're going to talk about that, the quarterback competition, the depth on the USC defense, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I am your host. I'm going to try to see if this will work. Ryan Abraham. You can follow me on Twitter at Inside Troy. We also have in the middle, familiar face. Hello. Keely Yor. Follow on Twitter at Keely is my name. That is my name. And we just got this going from the Orange County Register. Shotgun. Oh. Spratling. No, yeah. it's not shotgun. It's Joey Kaufman. What's up, Joey? How you doing, man? I'm good, Ryan. I'm having a break for my salad and lunch to join you guys. <laughs> and we can talk about Pro Day Part 2. Yes. Joey's there. You can follow him on Twitter at Joey R. Kaufman. It's up there. Um, you can check it out. Yeah, so USC had a mini Pro Day today. Ronald Jones, who ended up hurting his hamstring at USC at the Combine. So he ran a 4-6 during the 40 Pulled up about halfway through, so he didn't get to do anything else. And then Deontay Burnett, who went to the combine but didn't do anything, those guys both were out there today for about 15 or so scouts, you'd say? Today. Yeah. 15's right. Yeah. More um, than a dozen. No, Jimmy Haslam in the stands this time. But yeah, we did see Sam Darnold. Michael Pittman was in the stands. Michael oh. Pittman was, yeah. I think Michael, I think Aka Cedric Ware, uh, T. Martin was hanging out out there. Clay Helton, he's head coach, you know him. I do. He was there. But Sam Darnold was a kind of uh, cool thing. And if you remember Sam Darnold's very first start was at Utah. He went up against, do you remember the quarterback? Troy Williams, Troy Williams who was also there. The he, Utah connection is just strong at these pro days. It's very strong, <laughs> yes, because we had two uh, former Utah quarterbacks at the last two pro days, right? true. Travis Wilson was at the first one. Yeah. Um, but Sam Darnold ended up throwing to Ronald Jones at the end of the pro day. And then Troy Williams threw to Deontay Burnett who he told us afterwards they're working out together at, uh, I forget what the, they, they're somewhere in Thousand Oaks, they're working yeah, out together. I don't remember the name, but it was in Thousand Oaks. Yeah, proactive, I think it was proactive, proactive. or something like that. So, um, oh, and you've been replaced. No, no, yeah, so we're gonna let Shotgun sit here for, no, we're gonna, we're gonna talk at some pro day stuff first. Yeah, sure. Shotgun's late, so he doesn't get to come. Late? Late. <laughs> late? Yeah, we're live, Mr. We are live, man, we're late. going right now. Uh, well, while we got you, Joey, what did you think of the pro day this morning? It was cool, because, I thought it was a neat story how Sam came back. He was in Cleveland yesterday visiting with the Browns in Berea at their facility. And then James's flight comes back last night and throws for, for Ronald on his pro day. Very good teammate. Very good teammate. Yeah, I'm putting some pictures up. The uh, Sam Darnold up there with uh, with Clay Hill and checking it out. How did Sam look? Both of you? He looked like Sam. I, <laughs> I, I don't feel like he uh, is going to fall because of his performance. Second pro day? The second pro day throwing. 10, 15 passes, whatever it was, to, to Ronald Jones. It wasn't a ton of passes. Yeah. It was – so they went inside and they did bench press and uh, long jump. I think I, I heard Ronald Jones did like eight reps on that or something. But um, then they came outside and did the 40, which I, I was a little late. I didn't get there. So Joey was there. You were there for the 40. It was like a 448 and a 47, at least according to USC. Yeah, 448 for Ronald on his first electronic time. And then Deontay did a 47. Um, both said they're about 85%. Yeah. The the thing for, for Ryan, he just needed to get a time. 4.66 at the combine. He hadn't done a 40 since. And 
it's still pretty decent to pull up. Yeah. I mean, the 40-yard dash around a 4 6, six <laughs> I, mean, I think it's pretty good. But, I mean, he's a guy who theoretically could have the best 40 of any running back in the draft. Um, at this point, only four guys at the combine ran faster than, than he did. He wanted to get 4-4, so this is good, but probably not entirely what he, he wanted. Yeah, it, it felt like talking to those guys afterwards, a little frustration. Um, I think Deontay was a little more optimistic. And he said a couple weeks ago he was 80%. He said that today he was about 80%. Uh, Rojo was more, like he said, 85 90. But he seemed, you know, that's something that's his speed is what's really going to set him apart. And so the fact that he wasn't able to run as fast as he could, you could tell there was a little bit of frustration there. And I didn't feel Deontay Burnett had any kind of, uh, felt badly that Sam Darnold didn't throw him the football. I mean, he's been working out with Troy Williams. They didn't really, I think he didn't want to have Sam Darnold come out and have a second pro day where he just throw to everybody. Yeah, I don't think he wanted to have Sam throw twice, and they also threw more balls to Deontay. So it would have been a longer workout, so I think that was probably the biggest reason. Yeah, they didn't have, uh, here, I'll put up one he of these. He was probably jet-lagged as well, you know? Yeah, literally, like, here, I'll put up one of these videos. Oh, nice. It's working. Cool. Um, you can see this was that was the uh, so that was the shuttle run I believe and this is uh, Rojo doing the three cone drill. So you can check that out. Let that run for a minute. But um, yeah, so they they both did those drills and then uh, Ronald Jones did some like trash bag drills and some running back drills. Deontay didn't really do any wide receiver drills. Just they just threw. So I think there was a few more passes like Joey said for Deontay and then uh you know going forward with 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 Rojo he caught some but he caught some at the USC Pro Day it it, it wasn't a, a, I think Deontay did really well he had some nice catches and he dropped balls from Deontay I think there was one I one, believe there was one maybe yeah. two but there's like I'll put this picture up again like he had some really nice balls where he extended and, and made good catches and people would comment uh you know they look good out there so I, I think he helped himself because he hadn't really seen it but Ronald Jones, if you if you watch that and you didn't think he had very good hands, you probably came away. He still doesn't have very good hands. But. Interesting. He was better at the the first pro day. Everything considered the conditions, it was a downpour. He, he probably had the same number of drops, a couple of drops yeah. here today in the sunshine and a couple of drops in the, in the rain. So the rain was probably more impressive, all things being considered. Yeah, which we, it was weird that he even caught then. Yeah, that surprised me. And maybe he would have caught more balls today if he didn't do it then but just it didn't look super comfortable with the ball kind of coming into him you know like coming into his it was i don't know what it was but it just so today felt more often than the first one maybe because it didn't really count because he knew he had a second day i don't know it 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 just just seemed a little more uncomfortable yeah and maybe not the adrenaline is going the first pro day all 32 teams are there it's a little more packed There, there are more people in the stands so i think you can get Maybe you're adrenaline up a little more. This one, there's really not, there's really nobody here. Yeah, it was so about 15 teams. Bruce Arenas, uh, uh, is that right? I get the name. I think he was there uh, from. Is that right? Bruce yeah. Arians. Bruce Arians. Arians. Sorry, Bruce Arians. Yeah. I'm screwing up two names. Bruce Arians was there, but not like a lot of the big names. The Browns were there. Ronald Jones did meet. He said he met with them. Um, and uh, Deontay, I think, at the request of the Patriots. And what other team uh, was yeah, they wanted to kind of take a look at him? Watch the Patriots select Deontay Burnett in the seventh round, and Deontay Burnett becomes like crazy. this, this Patriots slot receiver yeah. who yeah. catches everything. He's like the next West Walker. Right. <laughs> Everybody get all those guys. 
People are asking again, who is this? This is Joey. Oh, a stranger. A stranger from the OC register. I, I feel like the, the paper guys, you don't really see their faces. Right. So. No. There's a reason. Yeah. <laughs> I mentioned it to Joey, and he got a little twinkle in his eye. Like, yeah, let's get Joey some pups. So Joe does a great job, and he was out there. There's only three of us really out there. There's another guy from your paper, right. too. Right. Ryan Karchi from yeah. the Orange County Register. The Southern California News Group is hitting it hard this morning. Wow. Yeah. Sending two people out to the second place. I didn't know. Like, we kind of got word last night this was going to happen, or at least I did. And it was like, uh, I'm not sure to go out there. But, yeah, it's fun to go out and Yeah. We're going to come bit. here anyway for more practice. Yeah. There was some un there was some lack of clarity whether Ronald was actually going to run in the 42. Yeah. How, how much Deontay was going to do. So, easy for the pro day. The school will advertise it and make a big deal out of it. But, I don't think they want to do that in case they did nothing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a letdown. And they were friendly. Um, you know, I, I think at the USC Pro Day, yeah, like they were like, you have to stay over here. And you know, we could pretty much do what we wanted. And no one seemed to, nice. to care. It was cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, hey, should we get Joey just like a, like shotguns were like itching to come in? So let's make, make him wait a little longer. <laughs> <laughs> Timeout over there. We're, we're, the reason we're doing it at one because he had some baseball thing to do somewhere else. So one of his ninety uh, jobs. Before we let you go, just uh, any kind of big thoughts on USC spring practice? It's kind of boring. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like it's kind of an uneventful quarterback competition because you have the the biggest character of them all, JT Daniels, kind of away from the team, looming in the background. So it's like this presence there. So, yeah. so it's not, not everybody's not there. They're not all splitting reps. I mean, this was supposed to be the widest quarterback competition at SC since 2009 when you had Matt Barkley, Mitch Mustaine, Aaron Court. But in that case, Barkley was there during the spring, and you had all three guys going. In this case, you have one guy missing. And so it just kind of seems as if they're kind of waiting until the, the competition really kicks up a notch in, in August or July. Yeah. The other, it would probably be, feel like a more exciting competition if the quarterbacks were really kind of wowing us more than they have and you'd be reading breathless reports about how <laughs> they threw two, two, two touchdowns, Jack Sears threw a back shoulder fade in the end zone, and the guy caught it, but there haven't been a lot of those things to really gush over yet. So it's kind of been kind of so-so. It'll be interesting because we do see they'll, they'll do another scrimmage on Saturday and they'll have the spring game light. Yeah. So maybe we'll see a little more that'll be of interest. But kind of the defense is good. Porter Gustin is a big man and gets <laughs> in the backfield and we'll probably get to quarterbacks. Cam Smith and other players in the defense are back and they're still good. Yeah. And the offense is in transition mode. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of boring. I agree. But like the defense is definitely deeper. But that's not really that exciting of a topic, right? Like you want to talk about the quarterbacks. Right. But the Defensive depth, I think, is important for this team. Yeah, like Jonathan Lockett's back. He was yeah. a guy who, who redshirted last year as like a fifth-year senior cornerback. You, you could use a guy like that on your team. It's going to be a third or fourth corner. That's that's valuable. Yeah. But it probably doesn't create exciting content. Oh, yeah. And we got people coming in here. Sorry, Paul, we're doing that. We're, this is not we're really <laughs> we in the media work room. Yeah. Yeah. The only reason we have Joey now. Hello. <laughs> we got some fans here. That's good. Well, Joey Kaufman, uh, I'll put it up again. Uh, follow his work uh, on Twitter, at Joey R. Kaufman. And, of course, he's with the Orange County Register, one of the regulars out there at USC practice. So thanks for, thanks for filling in for shock. I look forward to the, the uscfootball.com bump. <laughs> we'll get to some bump, yeah. Yeah, it'll happen. Sweet. All right, thanks. Well, I guess 
we gotta welcome in uh, this yeah, guy. Okay, yeah. we can do a hockey line. Shift <laughs> <Yeah>, change. Shift <laughs> change. Thanks again, Joey. Hey, thanks, Ryan. Um, <laughs> all right. Hello. More oh, of a familiar face. You can follow him on Twitter at shotgun spr. Spr. Uh, shotgun traveling. What's up, guys? Mr. How are you Gun. doing? I was out seeing uh, one of the potential top ten MLB draft picks, Bryce Terrain from Corona San Santiago. Probably yeah. going to be a, a millionaire in a couple months. So nice. I'm not. Well, it must be nice, you know. Seventeen-year-olds become millionaires. But yeah, I had to go down and see them. I, I've, I've discovered after driving three straight days to Jay Sarah, San Juan Capistrano, that's far. Yep. It's no, it's yeah, it's yeah, South Orange County. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, how did you feel the earthquake? Today? Nope. I didn't either. I love earthquakes, so I was kind of sad about that. I felt it though. I did. We were I'm sitting right in this room, and uh, it, it kind of rolled and rolled. And I walk outside, and I, I don't know who was manning the desk, but she was like earthquake. And I went into Tim Teslone's office, who's the SID, and he's like earthquake. And he said his family he sent a group text. Everyone, you know, was doing it. So he's down closer to the beach where I am. So they probably felt it more there because it was off the Channel Island. So yeah, we here at USC got the earthquake. So my first ever earthquake, uh, you know, coming out to LA was actually, it was 3 a.m. and right across the way, the old Annenberg, I was in the office editing video and I thought a tree had fallen against the building. And like, <laughs> that's what- tree falling. Yeah, like that's what it felt like. Like, it, you know, a tree falls over, hits the building, it shakes the building type of thing. And I was like, look outside, I didn't see a tree. I was like, maybe I just can't see it because it's dark. Uh, so then I go to Twitter and Twitter always is the judge. Twitter knows. Just searched on our Twitter, earthquake? And then it's like one, two, three, start rolling in. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. that's what that was. <laughs> yeah, I tweeted. It's always funny. You tweet it out right away, and then all these people respond, and then someone eventually gets the U.S. whatever SG survey thing, and they send yeah, it yeah, out, yeah. and uh, yeah. So it was apparently a 5.0 off of uh, Channel Islands. Um, do we have uh, uh, comments we have and questions? Josh says, did Tim Teslone duck under his desk because of the earthquake or because Ryan walked into the office? <laughs> you wanna, is that working? I, it's not. Oh, yeah. It's right there. Sorry. Um, we can show this comment. Make sure it's... If uh, it's showing. Is it showing? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got it now. Okay. So, so I think it's coming up there. All right. Perfect. We're just making sure we got all the technical buzzes and whistles and things going. <laughs> uh, no, Tim was not under his desk. He was, uh, he was there. He's... No, Tim and I are friends. It's fine. It, uh, okay. You know, there's there's definitely you. some, you know media relations things that they have to you know they're doing their stuff we're doing our stuff but no there's no running out of the desk um shall we get into it sean wants to know do, do you have tsunami evacuation signs near your house i do actually yeah there are some but i make i'm about a half a mile away from the water and it's big uphill like i don't know how big the tsunami would have to be to get to where i am but it would have to be really there's a lot of people underwater if it gets up to me, so oh, it's weird. So it's, it's bad news if you get underwater? If I'm under, yeah, like there's there's probably a lot that's under, you know, because I don't know what it is. It's Hermosa Beach, it like, it goes. Basically, yeah. Ryan's up in an ivory tower up no, the top of the hill. No, I'm far, the further away from the water, the, the you know, cheaper it is, you know. Like, oh, that's if you're next to the water, that's expensive. Sure, you just yeah. look it out on top people of it. People take more to go away from the water. They want to be close <laughs> to the water. Tester Troy says, Ryan, I think it's due time for a Tyler Bonds interview. Well, Tester Troy, good news. I talked to him on Tuesday, so look out for that. Yeah, the next couple of months, you'll get it up. No, here. that's false. <laughs> um, Speaking of baseball, I also saw his little brother, who's a, apparently a legit baseball prospect as uh, well. 
uh, at St. John Bosco uh, the other day. George says, loved your April Fool's Day switch podcast with Michael and Alicia of Rain and Troy, Ryan and Keeley. Oh, thank you. Yeah, if you didn't, so we put that up. I don't know if Rain and Troy has done another one since then. Uh, I checked yesterday, but I did one with Dan Weber, and I totally forgot to even mention it until halfway through the episode and started, to, oh, yeah, by the way, the last episode we did wasn't us, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we switched places with the uh, Reign of Troy team, and we pretended to be them. They pretended to be us. Thought it would be a fun April Fool's joke. We had a few tweets of people that were just haters. like, didn't like, there's some haters. But for the most part, everyone we talked to on the message boards, they all liked it. And usually that's, you know, It's a nice little bag. switch. Yeah, something different. Yeah. Uh, Jorge says, speaking of earthquakes, how has Christian Rector been doing this spring? Doesn't seem like there has but been much activity on the Rector scale as of late. Get it? Wow. Well done, Jorge. Went for it, huh? We still don't have the pictures. Some of the pictures aren't showing up. Again. He doesn't have one. Oh, okay. Are, are the pictures showing oh, up? Joey wrote about oh, the director. Yeah. Plugging Joey's work. <laughs> He's got a mouthful of salad, but he's letting you know that he wrote about Christian Rector. <laughs> Christian Rector is going to be a guy that's going to be in those third down packages. He's a pass rusher for them. Uh, you know, he's kind of a tweener right now. They're using him inside and outside. Um, I, I think he'll move out to that kind of that predator outside linebacker position when they go to third downs potentially, or you know, or come in inside. But his job is going to be to rush the passer. Now, can he get on the field all the time? That's going to be the question mark. And He's going to have to beat out guys like Malik Dorton and Jake Tefele at that at that D tackle spot if he wants to be on the field all the time. But right now, I think those other guys maybe are in front of him as far as you know first and second downs. He's got to make some more noise in the run game uh, and show that if they move him outside, that he can hold the edge. And you know that was the reason why they made the switch in that Notre Dame game is because he was struggling to hold the edge against the read option. So they went to Jordan Isep. But Jordan Isep's been really good at, at the. Sam spots, uh, you know, opposite Port Augustine until he was banged up in the last practice. Um, so they've got a lot more options this year, I would say, with, yeah. with those guys. And guys like Kanai Monga has, you know, really made a, a strong impression already. He's the guy that can get to the quarterback. And that's what they saw when we saw him in, in the, at the USC Elite Camp. And you go, who's this Who's this kid? Who's the long-haired kid from Hawaii? How do you say his name? He can get to the quarterback. Yeah. And he got an offer immediately after they saw him. And – you know, he accepted that, and people were kind of like, why is USC taking this commitment? And then you look at, if you hadn't seen him, you asked that because he's a three-star guy, you know, there's a lot of other linebackers in this class, outside linebackers particularly. They already have Bo Calvert in the mix. But he, when you saw him play, you said, you got to get that guy. And then you read about him in Hawaii, and every opposing coach loves that he's gone. <laughs> but also hates it because of how good he was, but hates that he's gone because of his work ethic and how you know the type of player he was in the field. He's a guy that I was excited to see, and he's you know living up to the hype early. Nice. Um, Tito says, have you seen improvements on the offensive line? It was interesting, though. I feel like there's a collective uh, agreement from the coaches at, on practice on Tuesday. They kind of reviewed the scrimmage film and said that the O-line looks pretty good. So it seemed like positive reviews. I know Dan talked to Tim Drevno for a while on Tuesday, one-on-one, yeah. -on -one, and Tim Drevno was like praising the offensive line a lot. So I know we can't really see the offensive line from where our vantage point in the media pen, but the coaches seem to come out with positive reviews of the offensive line from Saturday. Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, it's not like the offense has been lighting it on fire, but I thought the run game been okay when you see it. Uh, you know, it's just a passing game, I think, that's been been lacking. But I feel like they feel like the offensive line is in a better place. Um, Saturday, like Joey mentioned, there'll be another scrimmage, and then the following Saturday will be the, the spring game light. So we'll see how that kind of goes. But, yeah, I, 
I think there's been some improvements there. My general sense is, I don't know if you feel different. So, what I've heard from Clay Helton, and maybe you guys have heard differently from the other coaches, but I hear the offensive line doing really good in the run game. I don't hear him say anything about, oh, we're really, you know, we're blocking Port Augustine really well. No, no. he's saying, oh, yeah. Port Augustine's unblockable. Oh, Kanae Monga is getting to the quarterback. He's doing these things. Like, you don't hear them talking about the passing game at all because there's deficiencies there. Yeah. And I think that there's there's still communication issues. I think they're working better in the run game. And usually with the offensive line, run game communication can come quicker because that's something you can practice without a defense. You can work on more. Whereas when you're going against switches and stunts and stuff like that, uh, you know, against the pass game, it's a little bit different, more communication. That, that communication comes later, I think. Um, so I think the run game is coming along, maybe even better than they were expecting. And, you know, that's with two young centers out there. Uh, and Brett Nealon has not been out there uh, yeah, the last hurt. couple yeah. of practices. He got hurt Saturday, is it correct, in the scrimmage, I believe? Yeah. Uh, so this week he hasn't been out there yet. We'll see if he's out there today. But that's put Justin Dietrich as the starting center, true freshman, uh, you know, what, seven practices in, he's now the starting center. And then Jordan Austin has had a move to the second-team center, and that's actually brought Frank Martin, the, the long-forgotten Frank Martin, back into the mix in the two deep. Uh, so he's been playing the guard spot with Jordan Austin moving inside. Uh, so there's still some moving parts there. Um, I, I think that the run game has looked good. I think Seth Ware has looked really good in the run game. He's been good. And even when they don't give him a huge hole, I mean, one run, I think he made, like, I think there were, like, six missed tackles on one run. And that's saying something against the defense that, you know, has been out there. There's a lot of veteran guys. But he was, like, carrying Caleb Trimbley for a couple yards. You know, Caleb Trimble was, you know, basically <laughs> limbing on to the, the back of his uh, jersey. And he he's just a big shrugged dude. him off. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I, I think said where I think he's, he's running with some fire uh, this spring. I think he's looked really good in the office lines, gave, given them some holes. Uh, and they made him and Vi, when he's been out there, have made the most of them. Yeah. Cool. Um, Lauren has some hateration. Oh. He says, when are we going to get a real quarterback coach? Ouch. Um, so talk about Brian Ellis. Uh, I think, I mean, the jury's still going to be out on him. You can't really tell. Like He's coached one game at the Cotton Bowl. Now, obviously, it wasn't great. But, this, you know, he's got a tall order ahead of him because he's got he's going to have three really young quarterbacks to try to groom into this offense. So if come out and whoever ends up getting the starting job, if it's Fink and they end up looking pretty good, I think you're going to give Brian Ellis a lot of credit for kind of bringing these guys along. If they come out and they stink, he's probably going to get a lot of, you know, hate thrown his way like this one. But I, Lauren, I think it's a little too early to say he's not a real quarterback coach. He just doesn't have the experience that, that other quarterback coaches might have. And I get, I get the people being upset about it, because you do have young quarterbacks, you'd like to get an experienced coach. But Clay Hilton has all the confidence in the world in Brian Ellis. You know, we'll see how that turns out. I will say though, it is interesting hearing his scrum. I heard him say the other day, like, I'm. I used to watch the 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 quarterbacks when he was the assistant, and he was like, it's kind of different now having to coach them in this time period. And I was like, okay, like you know, you you kind of want someone that doesn't. Has more experience than that, so that was right. a little interesting. But and when there was like they look at something in the film room, I think I talked to him a week ago, and he it was like, yeah, so I have to come up with a drill yeah. to fix that. Like, but if you've done this for fifteen years, you probably have a drill. Yeah, you know? yeah So exactly. yeah, I get some of that stuff, but you know, Clay has a lot of confidence in him. He's saying all the right things in the scrums and stuff. Uh, he is not happy with the results so far. Um, but the thing is, like. If he had been the first-year quarterback coach and it was Max Brown versus Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold does really well, are you going to give him the credit? No. <laughs> nobody's going to give a quarterback. Can you name one other quarterback coach in the country? Yeah. Probably not. Probably not. You might can name some other position coaches, maybe. 
No one knows a quarterback coach. If you're any good at quarterback coach, you're immediately moving on to a different position, at, you know, higher up on the on the pecking order. So uh, the better thing is to not be known as a quarterback coach. So if they do well, I don't think you're going to know them as a quarterback. Oh, they did really well because the quarterback coach, you know, took them and you know took their game to the next level. But if you're not, if your position is not doing well, that's when you're like, oh, who's the coach of that those guys right there? So the the quarterbacks obviously have to play better. They, you know, they haven't played well this spring. Uh, JT Daniels' stock is rising without him doing anything, which is not a good sign for the other two guys. <laughs> um, so, and JT Daniels, everyone, I know you guys want him to come in and be the savior. Calm down, calm down. He's going to have five weeks. If he even gets, he's going to get done with school first. Yeah, still got a guarantee. <laughs> yeah. And, and if he does, he's going to have five weeks to come in and prove that he's better. Matt Barkley played as a freshman. Matt Barkley had the spring, he had an opportunity to come in. And, and, you know, you go through those learning periods early as a freshman, and then you, you learn from it during the summer. Oh, this is what I was doing wrong. You can make some adjustments and then go through it. It would be really tough for a guy to come in in five weeks and take out the job. Maybe he does it. But I think we should temper the uh, enthusiasm just a bit and the expectation that he's just going to come in and be a world beater because any quarterback is going to have that transition period moving, especially moving from junior year of high school to freshman year of college. We got. I think we got to fire it up. Shotgun. It comes off the bench, and he's a little, you know, he's antsy he's sitting over the bench. There, with Joey's the starter, and he did that. Well, when you start, you know, you got you got you got to expect to go on seven innings. You come out of a bullpen, you just, you know, you blow it out. You're ready to go. So he, Kevin Baker says, "What are your opinions on Randall Grimes? I feel like he can be a difference maker." I've had a bunch of Randall Grimes questions uh, lately. So the two main dudes that you see out there are. Tyler Vaughn's my guy, and, and Michael Pittman. They've been great. And it's like, who's the other guys that have kind of uh, played well? I, I'm curious to get your thoughts on it, but you look at him. If you come out to practice, you'll see, like, that looks like a dude. You know, he's yeah. big. He was only a three-star guy coming out of Vegas and stuff, but I think Gerard was always high on him. Um, and I don't think I've seen, like, amazing things from him yet, but I you, there's flashes there. I think there's there's some really good potential. I don't know what you feel. but I, mean, I think that's the thing with the rest of the receiver group. I think T. Martin talked about it the other day when he was talking about Josh Morabebe. He said, Josh Morabebe, somebody asked, what's the next step for him? He has to dominate every day. That means there's flashes, and we're seeing that from pretty much everybody in that group. You, know, you see Trayvon Sidney making one in and catches at times. You see, I've seen Pai Young make a couple of nice catches over the middle and stuff. Who's going to step up and do that every day? Because I don't, I don't remember the last time I saw Trayvon Sidney make a catch in the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, Pai Young, I'm thinking maybe one of them off the top of my head. I, don't, I can't think of a Randall Grimes catch off the top of my head. Yeah. That has to become a consistent effort, and that's the guys that will move into that role. And, and with young guys, you're going to have, you know, you do the trial and error, and, and you know, a lot of guys when they come in, they're going to they're make some flash plays, and then you have to deal with the other part of it. And, and it's not all just catching the ball. It's also the blocking and everything else that they want from that position. So who's going to step up and become the consistent playmaker outside those two guys that you, that you already mentioned? Uh, I think that's a question that we'll, we're not going to find out until game time probably. Yeah. It was interesting. Um, Tyler Vaughn's actually spent like 25 minutes with Randall Grimes after practice on Tuesday going over footwork, kind of becoming Coach Tyler. We joked around about that. And he said, Tyler said, like, he has the tools, Randall Grimes does, but he just needs more experience. And so yeah. Tyler kind of took it on himself to kind of coach him more afterwards. And I think Tyler's a good guy to get coached from because he's so yeah. good in that regard. So it's just interesting how they've kind of become a little duo in that sense. Yeah. And, and remember that Randall Grimes is pretty raw because he played quarterback yeah. in high school. That's part of the reason why he was probably a three-star. If he's a guy that was at receiver position 
you know, for three years leading up to that ranking, then he might, you know, he has all the tools to be a four, even a five-star guy. So, uh, you know, that's, it, it seems so easy to be a receiver. You just go run out there, run fast, catch the ball. But there's a lot of little things that go into the details that turn you from being an okay and showing some flashes, oh, great athleticism, speed, to being okay, this guy gets open all the time. And T. Martin is a very critical coach. He was saying on Tuesday that he counts every pass, and if it is in your ra radius of catching, that counts as a drop if you don't catch it. You know, he, he knows off the top of his head how many catches you have in spring. So it's it's not – it's much harder than it looks, as Shotgun said. Hey, give us some likes on here. <laughs> I like those. See, I want to like to see the things go by. Yeah. Um, Joseph says – from what you've seen and heard to date of spring practices, what are, what are all of your projections for wins this year? It's a hard question to answer. Yeah, I mean, from watching like in of spring. So you see ten spring practices, and that means X amount of wins. Um, I mean, the biggest question is you don't know who the quarterback is. I mean, that's going to yeah. be a huge portion of this. I think you can feel come out of spring feel pretty good about this defense. We don't know if it will rotate more, but you feel like. There's going to be more bodies out there. There's going to be, and how well that works, we don't know. But I think you can feel pretty good about the defensive side of the ball. I think there's a lot more questions on the offensive side. I mean, I think I think we was talking to Joey about this before we came on. It's not a great Pac-12 South. I think you know, I think Chip Kelly's going to do really well, but it's going to be a tough year. I, I think Arizona could come out and, and play well with Kevin Sumlin. ASU just seems <laughs> like they're going to cut people, and who knows what's going to happen there. I mean, even if USC is not playing that well, they could still easily win eight or nine games, but not even playing that well, uh, just because of the competition they're facing. Now, do you feel bad if they lose to like UCLA and, and Notre Dame or something, and then they beat like Oregon State? It's close games, things like that. I think USC fans can kind of feel bad, but I don't see them losing, you know, or winning less than like eight or nine games, even if they're not playing that well. It would have to be pretty bad, I think, for it to go below that, but. Yeah, I think eight's the minimum for sure. Yeah, I feel like Fink has at least proved himself enough to be a manageable quarterback. Yeah. If you're going to go with him, and we haven't seen JT yet, so we can't really judge that. But I think he can be a neutral force, as we talked about before, where he can kind of manage the game and not really get in trouble too much. And the run game seems like it's going to be good this year, so that seems like a good. If it's not, if it's a seven and five or a six and six thing, I mean, there's some there's some stuff going wrong. You know, like the defense isn't as good as we thought. And and JT Daniels isn't the savior because it means that one of the, you know Sears or Fink didn't work out. They tried Daniels and that didn't work out either. Because yeah, if they if they start off one and two, Daniels is getting in there. You know, like yeah. there's no question. It's like Sam Darnold all over again. And if that doesn't work, like Sam Darnold worked out. If JT doesn't work out, which you know he does, he's only been on campus for a month and a half or something at that point. I mean, you can understand why it might not. So yeah, I, I don't. I think eight's probably the minimum, like Shotgun said, but. You know, who knows? And you never know what injury is going to be yeah. set the team. You know, there's going to be somebody get hurt. So if that's Cam Smith or, you know, a guy where there's limited depth behind, then there might be some big question marks there. Uh, you know, key injuries can, can change a team drastically. Yeah. I mean, you never know. You go through a string of injuries. Like, I always bring up Maryland. They were on, like, their sixth quarterback one year. <laughs> like, they had a, a walk-on, I think a walk-on linebacker who played some high school quarterback. It was their quarterback the last two games, the starting quarterback the last two games of the season because they had had so many injuries. So if you get one key position like that just banged up, you know, it, it can greatly affect the uh, an entire outcome of the season. Mr. Troy says, have you guys heard anything about the PRPs? 
And hopefully you guys can video them again. Question mark, question mark. So we've tried to do some winter ones and I got some word that we're going to do them, but they just really, it seemed like they were trying to keep that more secret. Um, we haven't got any word on the summer ones. Um, I assume it's going to be what we saw last year where there will be a limited number um, and we can film like the beginning, like we couldn't even film the whole thing before. So I don't know, maybe something changes, but I doubt it. Like our, our general rule is if they made something, if they did it last year, that's what they're going to do this year. That's what I would guess. Access rarely ever increases. You almost always yeah. decreases. And those were been, those are like probably my favorite things, like covering USC. Like those are always been my favorite. Cause it's like, the guys all love it. Like they want to take their they pose for pictures. Yeah, they, they, want, it up. they love that, you know, put our their stuff out there. They want to see making catches and all that stuff. So it's really weird where it's something that they really enjoy. It's something that's great for us because, you know, we get to cover stuff all year round. And you got a guy like Joey. I mean, I'm not taking that, but like the newspapers typically aren't covering those as much. So it's like something we have, you know, we, we do something a little bit more exclusively, like a, a lot of like some of the recruiting stuff. So the fact that they limited those, I don't really get it. It kind of started with Cody, Cody Kessler. Um, but hopefully, that I hope it changes, but my guess is it's not going to. And the players, is kind of playtime for them. You know, the, the actual PRP part of it is playtime because they have just did you know, two hours of conditioning and stuff, and they're usually dead tired as far as the legs. So they're going out and they're trying to make one-handed catches and stuff and, and whatnot while still learning the playbook and all the other stuff that's going along with it. And you get to see the teaching of some of the older guys when the freshmen actually arrive. You know, you see a, a lot of uh, mentoring and tutoring going on in those those early PRPs for the freshmen, too. So it's really interesting to see those kind of the, the backside dynamics of that. Yeah, exactly. I missed this earlier. Tessa Troy actually had a specific question for Shotgun. Oh. He says, from what I saw at the scrimmage on Saturday, Fink looked like he is definitely seeing the field and understanding of the plays compared to Sears, what do you see from the two QBs? Do you also feel, as I do, that the non-scholarship QB, Holden Thomas, shouldn't be getting near equal reps? I think the coaches are trying to get the guys to use a three QB race, or getting guys used to a three QB race would like to know your opinion. Uh, I think you should take whatever you saw of Jack Sears and just wipe it clear from Saturday. It was a terrible practice for him. Uh, you know, he, he neared Ricky Town territory almost. Uh, so it was just a bad practice. That happens. Uh, you know, everyone in their career is going to have one practice. They're like, I just wish I wouldn't have shown up today. Yeah. I wish I would have, you know, been sick or something and just not showing up. Just wasn't a good day. Just wipe that one clean. It's kind of like when, when you're, you know, you, some of those competitions where you take away the, the lowest score and the highest score and you just use the rest of them. Just take that one That's out. That's going to be his lowest score. Yeah, just take that one out. Don't even count that one. Yeah, he not, was, big problem, he, yeah. he was much better in the first scrimmage. You know, he, he probably was the better quarterback the first scrimmage uh, than Matt Fink. So, uh, you know, I think you, you kind of look back at that one more than this one. You know, he had, he had a rough day. He came back. He was a little better this, this Tuesday. We'll see how he is today. Um, you know, I think Fink is the guy right now. I think he's ahead in the competition. I think the extra year experience definitely is helping him too. Um, and, and Sears has said he just has to let it rip. And I think you're seeing that every once in a while, you know, an extra pat of the ball or something like that. You know, he's missing a couple windows in that regard. And then sometimes when the pass rush comes, it seems to me, uh, I want to pay more attention to it today, but it seems that he kind of ducks down a little bit and then he gets, he gets his shoulders aren't square anymore. 
because of the ducking down, and he throws with an uphill. Uh, so he's throwing some passes high in that regard. Uh, so we've seen some overthrows there. So I'm going to see if that's a you know a common occurrence. So something I noticed last practice I wanted to watch. Uh, I don't know that they're keeping Holden Thomas in there just for a QB3 race. No. Um, he's looked pretty good. I know someone is this, uh, championing him. Dark horse candidate Holden Thomas. <laughs> he's looking, but he's getting – he's not taking away, like, first-team reps. He's getting some, you know – you can't just let those two guys just throw every pass. Yeah. So I think it's more, I think it's reasonable what he's getting. It's not like they're taking reps away. I, also, I in regards to Saturday, I feel like there came a point where Jack Sears was just not doing well and they yeah. kind of just pulled him and was kind of like, hold him, you can go in there and get more reps. So yeah. Saturday is a small sample size tester as far as reps that holding got. It's like when, if Clayton Kershaw gives up six runs in the first, you're like, you don't leave him out there for seven innings. Yeah. It's like, you're like, all right, this is not your day. We'll, we'll come back the next day. Um, with, um, I've lost my train of thought there. Sometimes it happens. We're holding Thomas Fitz, who we're talking about, or you mean holding Thomas Fitz? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all that one, all the backup quarterbacks. <laughs> walk on the the uh, that, that actually does bring it up because <laughs> Thomas Fitz is now with the kickers. Smart. Thing. That is less arms to throw. Yes. I know it's not talked about. I mean, pitch count is a huge thing in baseball, especially at the collegiate level or in high school levels. But there's also a pitch count on these guys. Like, you don't want guys throwing 100 throws on a Tuesday, 100 throws on a Thursday, and 100 throws on a Saturday. Like, that's that's not good for the arm. So, at some point, you have to have other guys get in there and make some throws just so that you're not uh, killing these guys' arms and having them have a dead arms. And then you're trying to impress the coaches and you got a dead arm. It makes it that much more difficult. So, yeah. I think they're trying to be smart with the arms, too, which is part of the reason why you see Holden uh, getting some throws in there as well. Yeah, it's sprinkled in. I wouldn't, you know, he's not taking their reps away. No, right? I don't think they would do that anyway. And because it's also a learning, teaching spring rather than a competition spring, according to Clay Helton, um, I think that there's not the biggest emphasis that these guys need to get every single rep so right. we can see exactly what they can do. Yeah, agreed. Joseph says, are fall practices normally open to the public? Fall camp was open. To the public. They, yeah, they opened like the first two weeks uh, or whatever. Um, so my guess is they'll do that again. Then once it starts the like, game prep, then they usually close them. Uh, but yeah, so you should be able to have an opportunity in late July, early August to come check out the team too. Someone on the message board posted, will JT Daniels' first practice be the most anticipated? Interesting. First practice with full pads. I don't think the the non. But just seeing him out there in a number it will be. Uh, yeah, I guess so. So I mean, do you think you'll be? I think they said most anticipated and most attended. Well, yeah, it'll probably be. It's depending on which day it is because the weekend ones get a lot more. Um, yeah. But and he might not even be able to do a lot of the summer workouts. So we're usually able out there at the summer workouts, and you can get a glimpse. Like, what if he can't even go because he's taking classes until like basically the first day of fall camp? Um, then it will be more anticipated. If we get to see him like a couple weeks in the summer, it helps a little bit. Yeah. For the fans, I don't think it matters. They're not going to see him during those BRPs. So. Well, they'll see him if we put up, if you know. I film it, they will. <laughs> yeah. The, the two minutes you get to film? No, it's not two minutes. Whatever it feels like. Okay, whatever. Um, Chris says, do you see special teams using the bounty of linebackers and DBs? Using linemen on punk coverage was no win. <laughs> English only, please. I'm just kidding. The, <laughs> the, the tight ends and the defensive tackles that are being thrown out there, like you, you do have to have blockers on, you know, kick returns and stuff like that. But some of the positions are just kind of confusing. 
And why is Cam Smith covering kicks ever? Well, you know, give him a break. He doesn't need to. I mean, granted, he's like the safety guy, so he's, he doesn't even have to run all the way down the field or anything. But some of the there's some question marks still. And I think that with all these freshmen, you would like to see them get in. We'll see who is going to be is going to be used. Who's going to be redshirted? You know, those things will come into to play. I think the addition of the extra DBs definitely helps. Yeah. Because um, you want cornerbacks that can, you know, as gunners, and you want guys that, uh, you know, safeties that can make tackles and kind of shed blocks and different things like that. So I think adding more depth to those positions will help special teams. I think, I think <laughs> people were talking around practice seem to be a little bit more optimistic on special teams. I was obviously very down on them. I think I was talking to Yogi Roth at practice the other day, and he's like, oh, yeah, I know. You talk about special teams all the time. He's like, he knows like how much I've been bashing how bad special teams were. But the sense I'm getting is a little bit more optimism that they kind of realize. I think Dan Weber was talking about it, too, where they kind of look back and go, yeah, that was terrible. So we need to make some changes. So it seems like they're going to be more optimistic for special teams. I got to you got to prove it to me. Show me because I've been a big critic of how special teams have played. They have changed how they practice special teams. It's not what we saw before. True. So maybe that practice. I think just the position, freshman positions that are coming in. I mean, last year you had guys that were coming in like Juliana Falanico, who were trying to bulk up at the same time as playing special teams and, and being a guy that could play special teams. Now you got guys like Telenoa Hufunga. You got some other linebackers that could potentially get in there. I, I think that this class that's coming in is better suited to immediately step in the special teams than the last class was. So I think that'll help. You got Joe DeForest right now, uh, who was a special teams coach at Kansas. You know he's helping out you know, with some things. You know that can't hurt. I don't think. I mean, pretty bad last year. So if it gets any worse, then and John Baxter's focused on special teams only yes. now. So. Yeah, Kerry uh, Colbert's working on the tight end, so you take that responsibility away. So now you can just focus on that. Um, the way they're breaking it up and, and you know doing different skill sets at, in different areas of the field, rather than having everyone stand around. Hopefully that continues in the fall because I think that it's much more productive right now. And maybe it helps because the DeForest is there. He can work a different skill set in one area of the field and Baxter's working on starch or whatever it may be. Um, rather than Baxter having 85 guys looking at him and 30 guys participating. Yeah. So. Marcus says, how good can we really say the defense is if the QBs they go against are average at best? It's not just the QBs they're going against. I mean, it, they're getting interceptions and things like that, but – they're also getting by offensive linemen. They're on wide receiver routes. I mean, the quarterbacks aren't don't have huge windows a lot of times. I mean, the guy, Iman Marshall nearly picked off the pass in one of the first team play, plays last. Matt Fink didn't really have anywhere to throw the ball. Yeah. He did a good job of throwing it where, you know, Biggie couldn't pick it off, but it was a stop route and Biggie was all over it. So, you know, the, the fact that you what we're seeing in the one-on-one areas and what we're seeing, you know, before the – before the throws are being made, I think tells you that the defense is playing really well right now. Yeah, I think there's there's always been some limitations with depth in certain areas. So even with like a Jack Jones not being out there, you're seeing plenty of bodies in the defensive backfield. So I think depth helps. You can do, you know, the second, it's not like there's a bunch of walk-ons on the second team. So I think it's, it just seems to be working a lot better. So I, I wouldn't discount how the defense is playing just because the quarterbacks have struggled. Jorge says, which SC newcomer will have the biggest impact this season? So newcomers. So the guys we've seen so far, I mean, Justin Dietrich is like, I mean, he could be your starting center. So um, not going to have, well, but he's, he's the guy right now. He's still got two guys in front of him. 
they're healthy. You know, but I mean, he, like, I love Talanoa Hufunga. Uh, you know, he's yeah. been really impressive. You mentioned uh, Munga. Uh, Is it or Munga Malga, or Malga? Malga, I think. Oh. Can I, Malga. Yeah. <laughs> so, if there's a guy that can get after the quarterback, those guys can always find a way to get yeah. on the field somehow, you know. And even like an Abdul Malik McLean, I think he's a guy that could potentially get after the quarterback. So if someone becomes like some sack master, he might end up playing a lot that you don't expect. Yeah, even if it's just on third downs, I mean, if you have a guy go in and you know, just, just to attack the quarterback and you get six or seven sacks in a season, that's great as a, as a newcomer. Um, I, I think we still haven't seen EA out there. So I think he's a guy we have a lot of expectations for when he comes in, where they use him. How how do they get him opportunities on the field? Would be a question. And then JT, you know, if he yeah. gets a starting job, he's obviously the right. number one candidate. Solomon Tulial Pupu could do. I mean, there's there's Amon there's guys. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, Amon Ron could have like four punt returns for touchdowns or something. You know, who knows? And and is he the slot receiver? I mean, I don't know. He could end up being that. Um, like like Chuck like said, we haven't seen anyone like that. Just you know, after the top two. There's guys that have flashes, but not really producing every day. So if Amon Ra comes in and produces every day, he's going to get on the field. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of potential. We had, a, I think, on a podcast question, like, should they just redshirt everybody? It's like, no, you should not just redshirt everybody. Who has been your favorite freshman so far? That or newcomer. Seen? We'll say newcomer. Like yeah, we've just, seen? Just we'll say newcomer. Leave Caleb Trimmer in there, too. Um, I feel like yours is Hufanga. Yeah, I would say Hufanga, yeah. It's a tie between Hufanga and Malga. I think Malga. You like Malga a lot. Malga's getting more playing time just because ISFA is on the DL. Well, even before that, he's already surpassed some other guys. He, and one of the things that I think it was Clancy was talking uh, about him is the balance he has because he's a smaller guy and he's going against big tackles and stuff. And if they get their hands on him, it's just like when when Zach Banner, everyone's like, "Oh, he's so slow." Well, you still have to get around him. He's a huge dude. You have to get around him. And if he gets his hands on you, you're not doing that. Uh, So he's a smaller guy. If bigger tackles get their hands on him, he's in trouble in that regard, you know, passing, uh, rushing the passer. However, he has tremendous balance dipping his shoulder down and, and being able to to maintain, you know, his balance rather than just getting thrown down when he does that. Uh, he, he does a great job coming off the edge and, and getting that advantage, that little bit of advantage and then turning the corner. Um, yeah, I've really been impressed when I saw him, you know, just in the rise of star camp. I was like, oh, this, this guy's int- an intriguing guy. He gets the offer, gets, uh, you know, commits. And then what we've seen of him, you know, he's intriguing. I would say that's the, the best word to describe him so far is intriguing. He's been my favorite guy to watch so far just because I'm interested to see how he develops and continues. And, you know, I, I got to get some hair product tips from him. He's got he's got I hair did, down, way down there. I didn't, didn't realize it. Uh, you know, he keeps it up in a bun, I think, most of the time. He, he let it flow one, one practice. Whoa, that's just got some uh, length you, there. Did you cut your hair? Like you, you, not, he did. Not recently. Oh, okay, so he's still got the little poop. I didn't know. Oh, but. <laughs> the interesting thing, though, is that Clancy seems high on Malga and Hufunga. He, I talking to him, he said they don't really make the same mistake twice in the sense that they're easy to coach and they're learning fast. And I think he said Hufunga is, like, taking notes during the film session and stuff like that. So yeah. they're obviously impressing Clancy, which if you're an early enrollee, that's what you want to do. Um, and I think that's paying off because we're seeing them more in the mix with first team and, and getting more rotation. So. Yeah. I would lean more to Hufanga just because personal, like that's a guy like picked from the beginning. So <laughs> if you want to see him do like, I'm happy that like, Hey, I pointed this guy out that maybe people were doing, and he's yeah. one of the guys people are talking about. So yeah. he's the next Tyler Vaughn's kind of guy, you know, the guys that were coming in early, I would have picked D you know, for the length of his career. I know he's not going to 
make a big impact early because it's hard to be a center. But uh, you know, I, I like the the leverage he plays with. He's a small, he's a shorter guy, um, so he has to play that center position if he wants to get the next level. But he is tremendous with his leverage. He can teach some of the other guys that are beside him yeah. at times um, because there's some bigger guys that stand up straight way too soon. Um, but he is great with staying down. Yeah, he's getting thrown around sometimes, but holding his own against guys like Brandon Peely at other times. So I think he, it's been um, impressive to see that he's actually made some plays. Again, it's flashes. You know, what you expect from a freshman, it's flashes. Sometimes he gets manhandled. Other times he's really good. Um, so, But the, the positives that have been outweighed the negatives so far for yeah. a true freshman in center. He's got a nasty disposition, too, I think, out there. He just wants to, like, he's a, it's like a good offensive line yeah. disposition. Like, you don't. You're not gonna mess with this guy, so I like. It. And also keep in mind, this is their tenth practice as a Trojan, and they're in college for the first time, living on their own. There's a lot that they're handling. They're doing yeah. pretty well, so all. Yeah, the fact that he's like the, the, the main center right now is kind of crazy. Pretty yeah. crazy. Uh, AJ says, "How is Stephen Carr's injury slash recovery? Do you think said world will be the starter?" And then Matthew James just asked, "Any reason to worry about Stephen Carr's healing from his back?" Nope. I don't, yeah, no reason to worry. I don't really know. I mean, backs yeah. aren't great, obviously. Like, you don't, like, that's yeah. not where he was like. not walking with a limp or anything. Yeah, no, he yeah. looks fine, but we don't, we're not getting like updates on, oh, he's doing this and blah, 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 you know. But uh, I still think he ends up starting, but I think Oxedric Ware is good, you know, he's going to be great too. So it could be a, a one two punch. They're different backs. It should be fine. If you can name the last USC running back that didn't get hurt. Yeah. It hasn't happened. Like, You're going to have more than one running back play. So yeah. I could see Helton kind of giving the nod to Sed just because he's older. He had more time in the spring. I think it also depends on what happens with fall camp. But I think I can see Helton kind of giving that seniority nod to Sed instead of Carr, at least for the first That's going to make games. the fans real happy. They love hearing that. I'm, I'm just trying to predict. I, I don't think it would be only seniority. I think he, I mean, he's, he's also proved himself yeah, pretty well he's this fine, spring. But. Uh, Craig says... Interesting, he says that. Was watching the 0-3 SC Auburn game where the defense the defense destroyed Auburn's offense on every level. Scary aggressive. Where do you see this upcoming year's defense? Now, Dan Weber and I were actually talking to T. Martin about this game on Saturday because Dan's whole thing is the comparison between the quarterback situation in that game and where USC is right now. And T. Martin was actually doing TV on the sideline for that game. And he was like, I forgot about that game. I didn't even know. Yeah. So he was like, I forgot about that game. He was like, USC just looks so scary coming out of there. They look so fresh. And he was just like lit up. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to show the team the film from that game. He was like, he remembered this game and was so like inspired by it that apparently he's going to show the team the film from that game. So Fun little tidbit for you. Dan, Dan brings that one up a lot. And there was, I think Jason Campbell was the quarterback for Auburn, who was an NFL guy. They had three kind NFL, like, yeah, right. kind of like Williams, Ronnie Brown. Like they had a, I mean, that was a, they, USC shut that team out, you know, which is crazy. So Lofa Tatupu and all those dudes, I believe. I, I think that Can was, a, yeah, Kanichu Daisy, like all those guys. So, and, and Matt Liner comes in. I think Tatupu gets an interception like right away. And then Liner throws a pass to Mike Williams for a touchdown, his very first collegiate pass. So apparently Dan was saying that the crowd was practicing touchdown Auburn. Like half of them would say touchdown, half of them would say Auburn before the game started, and then they never used that cheer. They, so they didn't score a point. Yeah. I was there, it was it was kind of crazy. Um but Matt Liner was like a red shirt was he red shirt sophomore? Yeah, I think it was a red shirt sophomore when he first started. So this is a little bit different than I believe Dan said that the the spring was pretty bad too for the quarterbacks that year. I thought Matt Castle won the spring. 
um, who he just signed with the Detroit Lions. 14 years. 14 years in the NFL. So I heard back then I said Castle was better than Meyer. And they'd be like, you think I'm dumb, but he's still in the NFL. So there was something right, right? Always, always repping your guys <laughs> to the death. De- uh, but yeah, I, I mean, Dan Dubs love those comparisons. So you should go on the message board and ask Dan about that because he, he loves talking about that. But Craig game. said, where do you see this upcoming year's defense? I can't compare. Yeah, it's, it's hard to compare. I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, that, that they shut out a bunch of NFL dudes. Like, I don't see that happening, but I think it could be. I think it could be a really, uh, a really good defense. Now, I don't know. I mean, you got to have some more vocal leaders. Like, it's hard to replace a dude like a Chris Hawkins who's yeah. out there kind of talking and stuff. So, um, you know, we'll see how that kind of gels together. But the pieces look there to to be a, a really special defense. Marcus has a funny comment. He says. If JT doesn't finish his classes, there will be mass suicide on the corner of King and Figueroa. Is this kid on track to get everything done? Since I'm not really looking for sources inside of his uh, classrooms and things to figure out what's going I on. I was actually at Modern Day High School today. You should have just asked around, like, how's JT? How's JT? I didn't hear from anyone. I was tempted to start going, just wandering hey. around the halls and see if anybody was around, but. I did. Thought it'd be How did he do his last exam? I yeah, sure. talk to his teachers. I briefly chatted with JT's dad. He didn't raise any concern that he was behind. He seemed like he was on track. There wasn't anything explicitly said, but I didn't get that feel. So, well, we don't actually know. We don't know, but just yeah, I think you would start hearing things like, "Hey, it doesn't look like it's going to happen." The kid is going to get it done. Yeah. I mean, the the work ethic that he has on the field, I think that translates in the classroom. I think he'll find a way to get it done. USC is going to give him any resources that they can from uh, from the college to help him out. Um, so they're going to make sure that he gets in. The modern day wants to make sure he gets in, you know, so it's going to happen. Yeah. I wouldn't worry about it. Um, but I'm not much of a worrier. So. <laughs> I'm just not. I don't worry all that much. That's good. I love my wife. She worries about everything. So I just don't have to worry <laughs> about it. Equal to each other. Yeah. She worries about everything. I don't really worry about it. <laughs> I know that. Yeah. <laughs> Eric says, hearing good things about Biggie's play this spring, have you all noticed improvements with his ball skills and hand placement? He seems to always have his receiver blanketed but can't seem to find the ball so he grabs the receiver. He has potential to be an All-American if he improves here. He just play more calm. I think that's something that Clay, Clay said. Someone said he seems more calm. Uh, I'm not sure who it was. Um, so it's not something he was panicking before. When he's trying to find the ball and stuff, but that was the his second nature was to put his hands out while he's looking for the ball and stuff. And I don't think he's necessarily doing that. I think he's doing a great job. I think he's reading the routes really well. Um, you know, he's jumping some routes because he, he's reading what the receivers are doing. Uh, so I think that he's taking his game to the next. He's taking that next step in his game. And you know, I think maybe last year was a little bit of wake up call because he gets injured. You know, when, when guys get injured, that can be a wake-up call for him. And I think, you know, he wasn't playing great at the beginning of the season, and then he got injured, and I thought he played really well when he came back. And I think it was a little bit of a wake-up call that, hey, if I want, you know, my goals of, of being a professional athlete, if I want that to happen, i got to step it up. And I think he's taking that next step. Yeah, he seems to be all business this spring. Yeah. And Helton says that he has just a completely different mentality this spring. Um, he's brought a shut-up-and-work attitude. Tyler Vaughn said that he's noticed the same thing. He seems really mature. Uh, Tyler wants to that he's now the, the hardest corner to go up against in practice. So those two dueling is pretty interesting to watch. Um, but I definitely see what other people are saying, that he just seems more serious this uh, spring. 
Yeah, and I think his plan was to be in the NFL. Going, you know, he yeah. wanted to be doing the combine stuff and doing all that, and that you know obviously didn't work out. So it's a little humbling, but I think it's also motivating. And you just go out and it's like, hey man, this, this I this is what I want to do. It didn't happen this year, but we can make it happen next year. And I think Ronnie Bradford's changed things up a little bit too. You're, we're seeing a lot more of what he's doing now. It seems like some different drills and stuff. So. I think it's I think it's all helped him. So uh, expect big things from Biggie this year. Yeah, Ronnie. It's interesting. Ronnie Bradford seems to know people's tendencies more. I, at least when I hear him yelling at players, because I've heard him be like, "No, Biggie, you did that last year on film." Blah blah blah. And so he knows what Biggie's tendencies are and seems to be calling them out more. So I think it's an improvement from both <laughs> Ronnie and yeah. Elon. Well, Ronnie Bradford is only working with the cornerbacks basically. Yeah. Now. So Clancy Pendergast is taking the. Um, has taken the safeties and the inside linebackers and put them together, and Ryan Bradford is basically just working with cornerbacks. So there's more attention to detail on those smaller things. So I think that the cornerbacks are getting that advantage. And then a guy like a Jenna Harris is floating back and forth, so he helps the safeties, he helps the corners. He's You talk to any coach, and they just, they'll just they go on a two-minute rant about how much they love uh, you know, a Jenna. So I, I think that – you know, another year of him and his maturity, he's helping everyone around him. I, I think that the, that group's only going to continue to get better, especially when you add guys like Elijah Griffin and Isaac Taylor Stewart to the mix, too. Yeah. And Jack Jones. You know, more more talent coming uh, in the fall. We're getting close to the top of the hour. Okay. We got a little bit. Uh, okay. Matt Brown says, we going to old school tight end involvement this year? <laughs> Clay Helton the other day was talking about how much the, the tight ends have been doing well, and, and in particular Tyler Petit and his blocking. Uh, you know, said he's basically taken the next step in his game um, and, and been more physical on the edge. I talked to Josh Follow last week. Um, and it, you know, the fact that Daniel Morabebe is not out there means it's more reps for all those guys. Uh, you haven't really seen a lot of passes to the tight ends, no. which is probably why the quarterbacks haven't been great because. Young quarterbacks, uh, inexperienced quarterbacks need a good tight end safety blanket, and they they haven't been finding their safety blanket very well. I can't remember the last – oh, Josh Follow, but Holden Thomas threw that. But I can't really remember the last tight end throw in my mind. I don't know. Um, but T. Martin did highlight Tyler Petit. Actually, um, sorry. T. Martin said Clay Hill. Oh, sorry. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. He said it was his best spring so far for Tyler Petit, so positivity there. Uh, Gregory says – have you seen Clancy using different lineups or defensive packages during spring, such as three or four down linemen packages? I mean, you see those during games, so it's yeah. not like it's that different. Yeah. Um, they're doing similar things like that. Usually USC doesn't go to jumbo where they're using actual defense four defensive tackles or something, unless they're playing Stanford. That's usually the only yeah. team that they use that against. Uh, they they Clancy haven't played does, Stanford this spring yet, so we haven't That's seen. true. <laughs> Clancy does different stuff based on the opponents. He does some dime stuff when they're playing Washington State and Cal. You don't see that against pretty much anybody else. He's, weirdly, two years ago, the only team they used dime against was Stanford. They used so many different defensive packages against Stanford, uh, and then when they were facing like Oregon and stuff, they was like, ah, our nickel package is good. We'll stay with this. They do love the nickel. Yeah. That's a favorite. And when you have guys like a Jenna, your nickel backs are a Jenna Harris, Jonathan Lockett and uh, Yakili Ross, who are all three guys that have started. Like I would go with more dime, just get both, you know two of those guys out there. Yeah. But Hilton did say they're showing different fronts just for the offense's sake, just to mimic different defenses we'll, we'll see during the season. So they started doing that in spring, which is interesting. Tester Troy has another question for Shotgun. Oh. 
How is that? I'll just take a nap. Already. Yeah, you should. Left tackle spot starting to look. Clayton Johnson has looked good, but Austin Jackson really looks the part, and he looks like he's been putting on good muscle and size without losing much of his speed. Your thoughts? Tester, use some punctuation. It makes my job easier. <laughs> I think the telling thing was that when Chuma Doga was injured on Tuesday, I uh, had a low, lower back issue, so they held him out precautionary. Who moved was Clayton Johnson. So I think, you know, Clay said that, oh, it, it, Clayton Johnson has good left hand, right hand. You know, he, he's more ambidextrous. That's why we can move him. I think that also tells you they like Austin Jackson possibly at that left tackle spot a little bit more. Interesting. My guess, too. Ian says, I hear experts say USC, USC ran the most basic offense in the Pac-12. Do you guys agree? So I would like to see where these experts say these things. I didn't see that. Yeah, I missed that one. It seemed like things uh, broke I, down a lot, and Sam Darnold made a lot of plays, like you know, creatively on his own. Like, so I, I mean, it's hard to say, but when the play doesn't really end the way it was drawn up a lot of the times, because Sam Darnold just kind of does his thing off script. But I, I haven't seen that specifically. But you know, I, I don't know if anybody watched an Oregon State game. I mean, they did play USC, but their offense was trash. It's pretty crappy. Literal trash, like. Maybe they don't count. stuff on the field. And you watch Stanford, it's, you know, like Stanford offense against Oregon State was trash. Um, Stanford offense has all these different uh, packages and complex stuff, and then all they do is just throw right. throw fades up to the big wide receivers on the edge. Our second white side. They got to the back of the championship. It works <laughs> because they got some calls. I mean, they, threw, they threw like four in a row in the one game, Yeah. and they got a call. This is the only reason they kept going, and then finally they catch one. Tester Troy says it was a high school offense. I don't know. There's some people that don't really like the offense. Well, we'll see. This is the he bigger He says test. he's working on the run game. That's all he's doing all his days during spring, working on yeah. the run game because the passing game is second nature to him. So Modern day was a high school offense, too. It was pretty figure It's like a 60s blue. Oh, 60s blue. By the way, happy uh, belated birthday to Keeley. It was Thank on you. Tuesday. We were, I was at Tuesday practice. And I love you were. And what, to, what kind of co-workers are you? You didn't even know my birthday. <laughs> I looked on Facebook, you know, and uh, I didn't check it in the morning. I checked it afterwards. Like, mm. son of a... Yep. But happy birthday, Keely. Thank you. I don't do happy birthday wishes. I wait till people have their birthday and then I ask how old their birthday yeah, was. Yeah, you, you've said this before and you were true to your word. It's true. Actually, no, you asked me all my day, but still. Yeah, yeah. I'm 23. Ryan says, hey, y'all. I am really old. My birthday's in three days, but thanks a lot, Ryan. See? No. It's not yet. <laughs> Ryan says, hey, y'all, is our defense going to – oh, sorry. Is our defense good enough to carry this team while the QB situation gets worked out? It's going to have to be. Um, no, I think it is. I think it's definitely good enough. I think you know Dan talks about this quite a bit where, you know, if you can rely on – you know, maybe it's like what Keely was saying with Matt Fink is – Looked like he can manage the game pretty well. He's completing short passes and some of the medium ones. Just hasn't really been great on deep balls. But doing that, having a good run game and a really good defense against the Pac-12, especially the Pac-12 South, I think you can you can have a lot of success. So we'll see if that's – it's not really in this team's nature, but uh, that might be what's the best interest for this team to succeed this year. If one of those guys can manage the game, but they have to get some connections with the deep ball. Yeah. If they can connect on a couple of deep balls a game, it opens up the whole offense. Then they can throw the short passes. Then they can have more lanes for running instead of the safeties coming in the box. If your safeties are playing basically seven yards off because 
they're not afraid of you throwing the deep ball. It, it complicates the entire offense. So that's I, that's why I think you're seeing a lot of deep balls thrown, even though there's not many completed, is that they know they have to work on that. That has to they have to use that to open up the offense. You, if you I put up a story the other day, just uh, I think it was Wednesday. I don't know whatever it was, but it was Tuesday. Like the quarterback, uh, you know, competition kind of an update and tracking all the throws, all the deep balls over the last four practices that I charted. Uh, they've completed only two of 19, and both of those were Matt Fake. I think, actually, uh, Holden Thomas like completed a couple, but I wasn't really charting those. Just between Fink and Sears. So, two, he, Fink threw two touchdowns that were deep. The other 17 balls uh, be, mixed between the two were all incomplete with two interceptions from Jack Sears. So, it's not – and when Sears throws him up there in the middle, it seems like – it's almost like he's throwing it away sometimes. Like, he just kind of hooks it down the middle, and it just lands on the ground. Nobody's near it. It's weird. Jack Sears did have a deep ball touchdown throw, but there wasn't a touchdown catch because it was dropped. That was a drop, yeah. Okay. That was a good throw in the corner of the end zone during the scrimmage. Uh, probably his best throw, possibly even of, of the entire camp, maybe, and it butterfingered. T. Martin keeps saying that at this point in spring camp, every year it seems like the deep ball seems to struggle. So the way he's framing it, it sounds like this is more just like a, a seasonal thing versus a personnel thing but from what we've seen they just struggle so much with it so i don't know t it's doesn't seem true. worried about it but we'll be out there in about an hour and uh let you know how it goes today but uh frank says what is the biggest surprise either good or bad you've seen so far i mean i was a little surprised that the neither quarterback has like looked a lot better or significantly better it's just been I, and i'm a little surprised that the JT Daniels wave has been able to pick up steam when he's on the sideline in the backpack. You know, it's just, it's been a little surprising to me. Yeah. I think that would be the biggest surprise. I thought, I thought the door wouldn't be as open as it is for JT yeah. at, right now. I don't know. I was trying to think of something good, but maybe the special teams have taken an hour of practice. That yeah. That's a shocker. Um, I think the, the DB depth is a good surprise. I think we knew it was there, but I didn't know how well Jonathan Lockett would play coming back from two hip surgeries. I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I think you know that seeing Ronnie Bradford being more hands-on and being more active. I think you want to see like we make jokes about like nothing changes. It looks like they're making you know special teams problems last year, and it looks like they made some changes. You know, I'm not saying they're going to work, but they've changed some things. Some of the cornerback play problems last year, and. You know, they made some changes. So I think that those are surprising positive things that, like, they realize there's a problem and they appear to be doing something to fix it. That was the theory that Dan and I talked about in our last instant analysis is that kind of getting your butts kicked by Ohio State kind of made the coaches closer to reality in the sense of the Rose Bowl, you could kind of be, like, brush over some things and not really address them, whereas the Cotton Bowl, you, you were like, shoot. This was not good. You gotta, you have to answer for certain things like the O line and the DBs, and so I think they're closer to reality in the sense where, okay, these are serious issues that we need to fix. We should probably wrap it up because Paul just walked in looking a little like, you know. Really? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel bad because we're we're basically in a, we're not. This is not our space, you know. Oh, okay. Um, is there one? You want to do one last one, or uh, is, there some, is there a bunch more? There's a bunch more, but that's oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, Get them in early. We'll we'll try to answer faster. But um, let's see. I don't know. 
Sean yep. says, how will experience at the Coliseum be different this year? Do you guys know how it will be? It's probably worse. It's rapid fire. Significantly worse, unfortunately. Right, rapid fire. Significantly worse. Uh, people are moving seats. It's going to be hard to get in with our construction and stuff. So Lucas, get there early. Lucas Museum, like less tailgating, less parking. Just worse. Yeah, worse overall. Gerald says, is JT allowed to throw balls without pads during spring ball? No. No. Um, he's still in high school. He's not graduated. Is there anyone proving to be proving themselves as a return specialist right now? No. Mm, no. Same same thing. Yeah, it, that looks about the same. Which Status quo. Could Elijah Griffin and Isaac Taylor Stewart Richard, or will they challenge for Jack Jones' spot? Could. Don't think they'll necessarily challenge, because I think the other guys are way ahead right now. Yeah. Does Dominic Davis have any chance of getting on the field this year? Why can't we find a way to use his speed? I like him in the running back spot. I mean, they didn't have a lot of healthy running backs, so there's some potential there, but I don't know. I I wouldn't bet on it. Um, I like a I mean, really nice kid. You, you hope that there's speed moves, but they just don't seem to work them in. Apparently, Frank Neary was dormies with T Tim Tesselin, so he says hi. Oh, yeah. We'll tell, we'll tell Tim you said hi, Frank. That's pretty much it. All right. Well, thank you so much for uh, watching us here. Uh, we're going to go out to practice in a little bit, let some of the other media come in here. We're not dominating the whole thing. <laughs> no, we pretty much dominate practice because we got like five people out there and we have as many media people in for our group than everybody else combined a lot of times. So. And we're the best looking. So. Okay, Those two, that. not me. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for uh, for tuning in. Thanks for all the questions. We appreciate it. Uh, Shotgun over there. Keely, you are here. Uh, Ryan Abram. We had Joey Kaufman up at the top of the show. Thanks for Joey for joining us. And uh, we will talk to you next time.